Hey, everybody. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days, week six of the Runner of the Week Award episode. It's the pre-national meet version of it. Dickinson College hosted the pre-national meet in Pennsylvania, and teams from all around the country flew in, drove in to check out the course. We had some great results. Before I get into who our guests are, a quick housekeeping reminder. You know the drill by now. The best way you can help out D3 Glory Days is telling a friend, telling a teammate, telling your coach, telling your parents. We're getting close to the illustrious 10,000 follower mark on Instagram. I think that's one of the few times we've mentioned a follower mark, but it's pretty crazy to think that we could get up to that number. So really appreciate everyone who's followed along so far. Get your friends. Help us get to that 10K mark before the national meet. I think we could do it. It might be tough, but hey, it's worth a shot. If you want to support this podcast, we do have a Venmo and Patreon link in our bio. That money goes to help offset some of the costs like our host for the website, plus helps pay some of the photographers as well. So any contribution helps us out and keeps the lights on here at D3 Glory Days. Other than that, we appreciate all the support and we will continue to bring you great D3 running content. All right, for today's guests, we're joined by Nat Patetti and L. Marcella from CMS. They are your Pocket Aces Award winner this week. The reason being, they went 2-5 at the pre-national meet where CMS won pretty handily. So it was great to hear more about the team, how they're doing, and what they're looking forward to later on this year. We're also joined by the men's winner, Simon Hayes. This is his second time winning the pre-national meet, and he's got some big goals ahead of him this year. I don't want to spoil too much of the conversation with Nat, L, and Simon, so go take a listen. Let us know what you think, and until the next episode, here's to the glory days. All right, welcome back to D3 Glory Days, moving right along in this week's Runner of the Week award show. Today, we're joined by Nat Patetti and L. Marcella, the Pocket Aces Award from CMS. Welcome to D3 Glory Days. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course, it's great to see you both. You, you, know, you traveled across the country from California all the way over to the pre-nats course. Kind of a long travel day, travel weekend, I should say, for you all. The team gets the win. Nat, you finish second. L, you finish fifth. Let's start with you, L, as you're the younger of the crew here. You know, take us through what it's like traveling mid-season. You know, not for a national meet, but you know, a regular season meet, and you got to go all the way to Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a break from your life. You have to put your classes on pause. You have to talk to your professors to try to rearrange times to do labs and things like that. But like the experience of traveling is so worth it and being able to compete with my team. And yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, we, we had Simon Hayes on earlier and, you know, he I believe he was at the same pre-national meet CMS was at in Louisville. And I think you were at that race. And just what's the advantage of being able, especially for you all, to be able to go out to Pennsylvania, see the course, because, you know, usually you don't get that sort of convenience of taking a bus ride. And as Elle was saying, just nice to kind of see it 
do you feel that same way of just having that added advantage knowing the course yeah I think especially with this course it's just it's pretty different from anything that we race out here and like they usually are but this one specifically like I'm thankful that we were able to see it because last year we did Paul Short instead so we didn't like see the course beforehand and I definitely like comparing sophomore year versus junior year I definitely think it helped us like pretty much across the board people ran faster times I think sophomore year like the second time we raced the course um so yeah it's more preparation yeah yeah yeah, take us through what the 6K course looked like. You know, we heard a little bit about the AK. It sounds like it's a little variation off of the AK. Yeah, I don't actually know what the AK course was, but for us, like the first mile was more or less flat. And then like pretty much until the last K, it's like mm -hmm. rolling like pretty mm -hmm. steep hills where like it's you can't really conserve like energy on the hills. You kind of just got to burst up. Mm hmm. Cause like, otherwise you just won't move. They're like <laughs> pretty steep. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to use the downhill to like, yeah. <laughs> and the thicker grass than we're used to. I know everyone's like, Oh, California. Like they, they never see grass or mud. Um, <laughs> well, like, I was seeing some of your guys' pictures and it's, it looks like you guys, you know, wearing the vapor flies on like this dirt road. It's like, it looks like very kind of nice to race versus, you know, you gotta get, cross-country course experience prior to nationals yeah it's true like I don't I had like kind of I don't know my cross-country spikes I think are just like too small for me and I wore them I just haven't been wearing them I've been wearing uh my alpha flies that I got last year on sale at an outlet <laughs> um <laughs> but like yeah now I'm like maybe I should get actual spikes that fit for nationals <laughs> you're gonna need them yeah <laughs> Well, let's talk, you know, quickly before we jump more into the, the race itself. Elle, it looks like from your tiefers, you ran a little bit, but then where did you get hurt, you know, before or during outdoor season? Um, I had a health issue, actually. <laughs> um, I won't go too into it. No, I, I like talking about it, my journey and <laughs> like why I'm so motivated for the season. Um, I basically had like internal bleeding. <laughs> where I ended up in the hospital for two weeks, just out of the blue, nothing leading up to that. It just happened. And um, <laughs> yeah, I was in the hospital for two weeks. After that, I couldn't really run because my iron levels were pretty low. And so this summer, I kind of wanted to prove myself, prove to myself that I could come back from that. And yeah, <laughs> I, think oh, I've done that. I think I've shown that I can, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to have the same base of training as I did because I did have to take time off um but I think I'm stronger now than I was so yeah <laughs> yeah I think a lot of runners can maybe you know maybe not to the extreme relate to that but like relate to like an injury and like wanting to prove yourself over the summer and it seems like you know the way in which your season is happening now you did it in a smart way and you know I don't know your training at all I'm just assuming but you know given your results so far what did you do to make sure like you don't overdo it and like come back too quickly yeah. Um, it was definitely a pretty slow comeback. I started a lot with just lifting, um, uh, just trying to get my strength back, starting with low mileage and slowly working up and like making sure to focus on nutrition, especially with like <clears throat> low iron levels. I knew I had it to, I knew I had to like eat more <laughs> red meat and take more vitamins. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, I'm glad to hear, you know, you're, you're feeling healthy and, you know, you just finished fifth. I think from, you know, a race perspective, I think it'd be great to hear from the both of you kind of how it shaped up. You know, we, we got a little bit of split. So it was like a 1K or a mile split and a 5K split. So it's kind of hard to tell what happens in between. But look, like there's a good pack there for a little bit. Nat, do you want to give your perspective of like kind of what it looked like from your end? Yeah. So um, I feel like this season is really good. Like, I think that race specifically kind of lit a fire into my ass um, because all of last season, I kind of took every single race with no strategy and I would just kind of go out hard, try and hold it, establish a gap that was big enough and then to where I could slowly die and finish with whatever I had left. And so that's what I did all of junior year. And like sophomore year was my like first full year of like running. And so I kind of just followed like I, I know you had us on your podcast two years ago with like Meredith, Emily and Riley, and I just followed them. So this year, I feel like I'm like finally like challenged in a way that's forcing me to like come up, like have a real strategy and like learn how to race smart and better. Um, and so now I'm like, well, I sat next to my coach Marina, like on the flight back for five hours and we <laughs> talked a lot. And so now I feel like I have like a clearer idea of what I need to do to like see if I like get the best out of myself that I can in the these next six weeks um so with all that said yeah during the race I kind of did my normal thing of getting out hard and then I was like wow like that first mile like usually it's kind of a glide mile but I didn't feel like awesome after that and then um like obviously Jenna um Jenna was like kind of on me that whole time and then she made a move in the forest somewhere and I tried to go with her and I just couldn't like I the switching of the pace like I yeah I don't know I didn't have that to that day and then the last K I tried to give what I had and didn't have much so that's about all that happened for me <laughs> but I, I was really happy with my effort overall I think I finished with nothing in the tank, but um, especially on a course like that, I've got some work to do. Elle, from from your perspective, I'm sure you see Nat ahead of you and you kind of figure out where you're on the race. And at that point, you realize, go out, we have two in the top five. And, uh, you know, when you have that in a cross-country race, especially pre-Nats, you got to feel good as a team. When you finished and turned around and saw your teammates come through kind of quickly after you, like, did you guys realize, like, all right, we we dominated this race? Yeah, I think definitely my goal of the season has been to close the gap on that. <laughs> um, <She's done> it. <laughs> slowly but surely. Um, but then at the same time, all my friends behind me are closing the gap on me. And that's been super fun to see as well. Yeah, literally what you said, I finished the race, turned around and everyone just finished. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and I know going into it, our goal was to be MIT. And so <laughs> at the very end, this MIT girl like passed me outkicked me. I gave it my all, but <laughs> didn't have that kick. Um, so then I was like, semi worried after that, like, Oh no, like, is MIT gonna, um, outrace us? And I turned around and I was like, no way. <laughs> so from your perspective, I mean, you ran the national meet last year, your top five runner for the team last year. Now you're kind of stepping into this, you know, enhanced role, so to speak as a number two, at least for these past few meets, you know, given the, given like the little health scare, given, you know, 
only being a sophomore, how are you taking like this new found role for yourself and kind of being like this new, newer runner, I should say, given that you've like had a nice increase from last year? Mm -hmm. I think it definitely is different being more of a leader on the team um, and knowing that people look up to me to just see what I'm doing and try to chase after me in races, whereas I was always chasing after other people on the team. And I just want all my teammates to be as good as they can be. And I want to um, like emulate that in myself and be as good of a role model as I can for people. So <laughs> I always try to like, we have this thing in races where we, um, we like slap our, <laughs> our thighs, <laughs> which means come with me, like stick with me. And so um, Riley and I um, have been like kind of neck and neck this season. And so I really wanted her to come with me. So in the race, I was like, come with me, Riley. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Ned, I remember from one of our the contenders episode last year we had for cross country year on, and you gave a great explanation of kind of like where your headspace is at before races and how you're able to kind of be calm and not get too nervous. Have you been able now that as a senior leader, have you been able to kind of share those insights? Because I just remember being kind of blown away with how like laissez-faire you still have that mindset. No, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair like overview or like summary of how I approach them. Um, I think this year I have a little bit more of a nuanced view. Like, I think last year I just like, I went into it. So like, I'm going to prove myself. And it was very like, I also knew I was going to study abroad during track season. So I was like, I'm going pedal to the metal the whole way through. There's no such thing as like peaking at the end. I'm peaking the whole way. <laughs> and because I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't, don't even have to save up anything for track. And so I kind of, I don't know, I, I think I peaked probably too early that year and like gave absolutely everything, every single race. And I think this year I'm much more like balanced with my training. Like, I don't know. And I think early on in the season, the goal was like, bring, bring the team along with me and like, you know, encourage people and like, like, let's work up together and that kind of thing. And so I think that is a different mindset and it's been fun too. Like it's like seeing everyone else improve around me and like being like, Hey, like maybe I helped in that. So I think it's almost like splitting the season into two halves. It's like, okay, let's like get the team as strong as possible. Like the first half. And then at the end, it's like, let's unleash. Like now it's like, like another dial of like focus. So I don't know if I'm really like getting to a point of like answering your question exactly, but I hope it's making sense. <laughs> no, no. I think it's great to kind of hear like the progression of your mindset and like what you're thinking before races. I just remember just being like, dang, you are thinking about racing like the right way last time we talked and you still are, but it's good to hear like the evolution of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I want to, I think you're the first person we've talked to that I have, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like we haven't talked to anyone who's studied abroad. Mm. Yeah. You know, especially on a, like a high level team, all American, you know, kind of throwing that all into the mix. Like walk us through like your decision to do that. Cause I feel like sometimes you don't hear about like top end athletes studying abroad, but you all are at D3 schools there for academic reasons. Got to make that plug, but you know, take it through like taking advantage of studying abroad. Yeah. So I always kind of knew before college, I was like, I, I want to study abroad. And that was a big part of my decision of going D3. Um, and originally, I think I told you this the first time we had a podcast, but um, 
I orig was originally recruited to CMS for softball. And so I was like looking at all my softball options and I didn't love softball. <laughs> and so I was like, um, cool. Yeah. If I go D3, I can like do the hard major. I can like hopefully run cross country in the off season and like um, study abroad. So it was always just kind of part of my plan. And I think it ended up being a super good decision for me, just kind of getting a more like just getting a different perspective on like um, sports and competitiveness and like just, I guess, what's like most important to me, just having a reset period. But yeah, I definitely missed I, you know, I missed my team a lot and I had a little I had some FOMO during track season, <laughs> but I think it's definitely allowing me to come back and like have the most fun year I've had so far in college. Back to you, Elle. You mentioned you all had a goal of beating MIT. So it seems like you are, you know, familiar with teams across the country. I'm sure you have high goals that's coming to this. You have high goals at the end of the year. You know, what are some of those goals, at least you've, the team has talked about and maybe some of your individual goals? Mm -hmm. I think our team doesn't like to, <laughs> I don't know. We don't like to focus on rankings, I think. Because, um, I mean, last year we were ranked higher than we placed at nationals and like, you never know what's going to happen, um, on the day. And so I think we just want to go out there and like train to the best of our abilities and put everything on the line on that day. And <laughs> obviously we'll have certain teams that we're like looking out for and trying to pack up together. But I think, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> just know like certain goals, like no one said, let's win nationals, but or like place at any specific level. But I think we want to show up and show what we're made of on that day. <laughs> yeah, speaking of last year, I, I, I don't know if we've spoken to anyone from the California schools who had to deal with all the snow and the cold. Uh, <laughs> you know, how much of that do you think played, played into it? Like, did it affect you all? Cause like, I mean, that's a whole new conditions that like you guys don't even like deal with unless you're from Midwest or East Coast you know, states prior to CMS? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, our team is from some different places. Both of us are from California, but yeah, like for me, it was, at least it was definitely a big shock. <laughs> um, even like racing in Spokane, the, for West regionals, it was pretty cold and like biting, like it was dry cold. And so it kind of, it really hurt my throat, like breathing, and I was like, what, what is this? Like, it was like this new pain, you know, <laughs> in addition to the regular like racing pain and nationals wasn't quite as biting of cold, but like just having the snow to contend with and like my toes were numb and like I raced in full, like I had the ear warmers, gloves, long sleeve <laughs> leggings like, like I, we looked like dorks, <laughs> but like <laughs> we tried our best. Uh, yeah I don't know it definitely affected us if that's the question yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I guess follow-up question then you know Pennsylvania could get cold could be like that this year what did you learn last year that could like ready you for this year if we are blessed with that type of weather <laughs> um, I don't know I know for me I kind of didn't really know what to expect and so I think definitely seeing the course beforehand, obviously this time it was more wet and muddy than cold and snowy, but, um, I think being prepared so that the snow is the only thing that's new to us. True. Um, 
like we understand the course we know where the hills are we know where to push we know where it gets hard but um yeah <laughs> just having that one factor being the new thing not like everything being new <laughs> yeah I also think like it's like a more extreme version of like long grass in a way <laughs> like in that on the dirt with alpha flies like I'm not really having to pick up my feet all that much <laughs> and like the snow you're really having to like get the knee drive like get your feet up and I think I felt it in the grass as well and like Marina has talked to me about it like I just need to work on my stride and in like thicker like terrain and I think going into the snow having like a stronger stride um just yeah like working those muscles more I guess Mm. is gonna help yeah don't let the form deteriorate even yeah yeah (laughs) so you're ready you're ready this time is what it sounds like yeah and hopefully no snow (laughs) yeah exactly yeah (laughs) we're ready (laughs) all right we'll we'll end with a few you know questions you have to answer about each other so you know training wise who is most likely to push the pace and workouts when they're not supposed to Hmm. <laughs> and then actually, I feel like both of us. Kind of, I think it depends on the type of workout. We'll go with that. Yeah. I'm okay. So who push what, what workout then? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you go. Yeah, I'm definitely a tempo girl. Um, long distance all the way. Mm-hmm. I feel like my style of running is I like to maybe not go out conservatively, but I like to kind of maintain pace or speed up throughout. Um. Where Nat likes to give like bursts of energy. Yeah. Um, I run everything like a fart like look. Yeah. <laughs> fart licks, I can't. I love me some fart licks. I always go under pace on like when I'm probably not supposed to early in fart licks in the on parts and then like go really slow in the offs. And I love like 600s or like mile repeat stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the track workouts, yeah. Yeah. And then you can call someone out who's not here. Who's most likely the half step on your recovery runs. Mm. Nat. That's also me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Our team is like, I think take this year versus the past two years, slowed down a lot on our recovery runs, which I think is a good, a good change, but I still am like, can you go a little faster? Like, come on now. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm just, slowing up this pace. <laughs> Talk and you're just trying pain. to creep up a little bit to push, keep it going. Keep it honest a little bit. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank you both for joining. Congratulations again on winning the Pocket Aces Runner of the Week Award. Looking forward to seeing you guys you. do the rest of the way. Thanks. Thank Thanks so much for having us. All right. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days. Another week, another D3 Glory Days runner of the week, this time after the pre-national meet up in Pennsylvania. We're joined by Simon Hayes from Wilmington, again, a pre-national champion. Simon Hayes, welcome back to D3 Glory Days. Thank you so much. It is so good to be back. Yeah, back in the driver's seat here in the interview after winning another pre-national meet. Well, that's two out of three now I think you've had in your career, or at least two out of four. A pretty strong win percentage there for you at the pre-national meet. You know, take us through the course. I think a lot of teams are curious who didn't race their two meets that they had, what the course is like. It's at a high school. Sounds like it's hilly and wooded. You know, take us through what it looks like. Yeah, so what's really nice for me is I got to kind of preview the course a little bit on the internet. They Dickinson College posted a video just 
of a gator basically driving the whole course. Um, so I kind of like studied that beforehand, but it's really just a loop, then a wooded section followed by another loop. To me, it really layout wise seemed pretty simple. So the first mile was completely flat. And then basically we tried to roll up into the hills and that's where it got a little messy. Uh, Dickinson, or I guess Big Spring High School had some rain that morning. Um, so it was not only hilly, but it was also a little muddy. So there were guys, I mean, there were quality guys slipping and sliding all over the course. Uh, so I was just trying to stay on my feet. But really, after you get out of the wooded section, kind of come back to the start area where you're running one last loop until the last K at the 7K mark. That's really the only new part of the course that you hadn't seen before. And that's really where the race was made. So did you do anything different to prepare for the mud? Did you put in longer spikes or anything? So I did not. Um, it was funny because we had a couple of guys running the course who weren't racing uh, because we didn't even, we actually came a day early, but we didn't pre-meet on the course. We just ran, I think it was uh, Shippensburg, Shippensburg University, but they just warned us. They're like, hey, you know, it's muddy. Just make sure you try not to take the, the inside turns because that's where it seems to be bad. But other than that, I didn't really prepare more than that. Yeah. You know, I think there's an advantage to going to the pre-national meet, especially when it's on a new course like this, you know, you don't have to give away your secrets on like when you're going to make your moves, but how advantageous of it was for your team to kind of get a glance at the course and know like where the, the spaces are to make, make your moves. Yeah. I think it's definitely huge. You know, we're still kind of sitting there tweaking different race plans, seeing kind of what worked well from this weekend and things that we might want to change come November. But there, there's always, I feel like, going to be tweaks no matter whether you win or you don't win. Um, there's still things that I feel like I can correct in my race. Um, so just getting practice on the course is a huge opportunity to, to take advantage of. You had a good race uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago at All Ohio, finishing second. But this is probably the first time you've you know fully shown your your hand in a big time D three race. How are you feeling, you know, body wise coming into this meet? Yeah, it was nice. Um, this week we actually uh, got to have a little bit of a down week because uh, we were trying to to race somewhat fast here. Um, and then when I was racing at All Ohio, that was pretty high mileage week, so um, it felt nice to actually feel like I had all my cards on hand, ready to go. Yeah. The first time we talked to you was 2021. And like, you kind of mentioned you were building up from like 40, 50 miles a week into that 70, 80 range. Now from following you on Strava, it seems like you're in that hundred range. You know, how is that, you know, not only progression from back and from two years ago, but how is that feeling now at, when you're racing on hundred mile weeks? My dad and I have this thing that we just talk about lifetime mileage. So even when you're getting to a point where obviously I was hitting hundred mile weeks, like two years ago, it's going to be really hard for me to keep going. You know, I'm not going to be a college athlete running 130, 140 mile weeks. Um, so kind of that progression has definitely leveled out just a little bit, but two plus years of keep running those hundred and in even the down weeks, um, I'm still hitting anywhere from 85, 90 miles a week on the down weeks. It, it is a huge difference. I think this year I was looking at just a couple of hours ago, I've had 10 hundred plus mile weeks um, since July. And I think seven of those 10 have all been over 110. So it's just been 
consistency at its finest. You still have kind of a ways to go to the national meet. Is there any part of you that's worried, you know, putting up all these 110 mile weeks that come November? Are you, are you worried at all how you'll respond when November rolls around? You know, we've the past couple of years have had a pretty, uh, pretty good decline towards the national meet. Um, I've stayed healthy. To me, it's all about being consistent, but also finding ways to take care of your body. Uh, I know I mentioned it the last time I was on, but um, huge shout out to Wilmington College's athletic training program. I mean, I seriously cannot do what I do without their help, uh, pretty much going in there all the time. And then also just fueling right and getting enough sleep, those things you have to stay on top of. I mean, it's inevitable. Like if I, if I don't do that, I will probably get injured, you know, knock on wood. So we're kind of at that point of the season where things are finally starting to to calm down. I'm not going to be cranking out the mileage as much anymore, which is definitely nice. But to me, it's just, it's something you got to do early on to to get ready for the important stuff. I want to talk about 2022 track, which I'm sure you want to leave behind, but mm-hmm. you know, that 2021 cross country season, you, we talked to you after winning pre-nets, you were fifth and then you were just in the bubble on think the 3k and the 5k indoors you finished 12th in that 10k outdoors. So on paper, you know, it doesn't look like the fifth place cross country runner should have had a season like that. You know, I'm sure you weren't too thrilled with it, but how do you mentally bounce back and kind of have that 2023 track season? You know, you're 15th again, all American and cross country, but what did you do to, you know, fix that and get your mind right heading into that following year? Yeah, it's really cool. Just kind of looking at my entire collegiate career. I feel like I've always been a runner that wants to run with a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, I I remember you mentioning in our previous episode talking about how, you know, I am someone who, when I get up, when I don't achieve a goal, I get not necessarily upset, but it motivates me. Um, so definitely not what I wanted, you know, after finishing 13th, I think the year before coming back, knowing, Hey, it's 2022, this 10 K I'm going to tackle it. It's going to be better. And then just to move up one space, you're just like, ah, you know, you feel like you've done everything you could, to, to get better, but you're not necessarily seeing the results. So just trying to, to keep your head down and, and keep grinding and knowing that eventually the hard work will pay off, I think is the ultimate thing that just keeps me going. Does winning the pre-national meet affect your goal setting at all for this year? I mean, you probably started the year with one objective in mind. Are you on course for that or are you having to reevaluate it all? Uh, I think if, you know, when you guys kind of asked me that question two years ago, I definitely said goals were changing. We need to change um, our questions up. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm hey, come sorry. on, let's not let's not spoil it. <laughs> let's not attack the hosts. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm just trying to to feed in for your previous episodes, get get more viewers. Or there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. On your, on your previous podcast. Thank you. No, but um, I think this year it it is a little different. Um, you, you kind of look at the two pre national races and and try to compare them uh but to be honest with you guys at the start of you know at the end of track season really since the end of track season I've had one goal in mind and I don't think anything's really really going to change that um up until November 18th yeah with where you know the where the nation is right now you know Alex Phillips two-time defending champ is gone however there are some uh, various amounts of national champions still in the field from track 
but from a cross country standpoint, it's it's wide open. Does that give you you know a little fuel of the fire knowing that the champion's gone and like it's really anyone's race right now? Absolutely, I I, I think the exact same way. Just knowing that to me, it it feels like it's wide open. Uh, there are definitely a whole lot of big names where, as always, I could name hundreds of people saying anybody has a chance to win, but I feel like I have as good as a chance as anybody, um, which is why I just I'm going to put myself in there and see what I can do on the on the given day. I'm curious if you can kind of tell us maybe a little bit about how like how your success has impacted your team you know looking at the results your closest teammate was Noah Tobin and he finished 81st so your your team isn't super deep you know by D3 standards right now but they see you achieving the highest levels of success what are your conversations like in the locker room well they definitely showed last year um as if you guys remember we had Noah who was a national qualifier he was the second one in school history and same with my teammate George Rickett who has now graduated he was the third, you know, national qualifier in school history. So just coming in here and trying to be the role model for, for those younger guys. And even George, he was a year older than me. It kind of reeled him in and was like, oh, if, you know, this kid who's a sophomore junior doing these things, why can't I come and do them? Um, and, you know, right now I feel like we're getting those people that, to be honest with you, in the past – we haven't gotten uh, Wilmington College is a is a tiny D3 school and in, in some cornfields in Ohio. So we don't have the luxury of, of giving some of the academic brainiacs that some of um, schools like MIT and Williams might get. Um, and we just don't get the numbers that other schools like maybe some of the Wisconsin schools get. So we've just always tried to work with what we're given with. And I feel like people are kind of seeing that I have worked with what I was given with and it shows them that they can do the exact same. Yeah. Speaking of George and Noah, you know, following their track season from last year, breaking 15 minutes and like running some strong times, you know, what was that like for you, you know, kind of building, helping build this program, having them come along with you and then seeing their success as well. It, it has been more than you could ever imagine. I mean, Noah and I basically, since he's gotten here, have been, full-time training partners. We pretty much do everything together. And I remember when he was a sophomore, I think he was running maybe mid 1520s or 1530s. And, and we were having those conversations like, yeah, I think by the end of your senior year, you could probably break 15 minutes. And he's like, no, get out of here. Like you're crazy. And I said, no, I, I seriously think you can. And just to see even a year later, um, him putting up I think he ran 1434 this past season. I mean, just absolute breakout year for him. Uh, the the same thing goes for Noah as myself, like just the the grind of the mileage. Uh, George was a little different because uh, George was never really a high mileage guy, but George probably did all the little things more than any athlete I have ever seen, um, which is why he could get away with running shorter mileage than maybe us, and, and he still did so well. So – it's amazing when you have those guys that just put everything on the table and say, this is what I'm going to go for and have it pay off for them. You've definitely asserted yourself as a challenger for the national title in November. I'm wondering how closely you're keeping tabs on some of your competitors. 
Uh, let's just say I keep tabs. <laughs> do you keep I, I, do you keep receipts? <laughs> I don't necessarily keep receipts. No, I <laughs> I love you know I love Strava. My coach sometimes I'm trying to get not posting as much stuff as I normally would. Um, I know it's one of those things where you got to be careful about putting all your workouts and everything on there. But, uh, uh, honestly, any, any guy, you name Ethan, Greg, Max Aventi, the whitewater boys, I, I love seeing all their stuff. I think, you know, Gunner and I, and, and Christian, we have a pretty good relationship. So even though I guess I would say I keep tabs, it, it's really cool seeing all the division three run. Well, you know, you'll see Ethan, Greg run awesome at, uh, Lehigh or Max Aventi run, 2351 at at louisville it's fun just to be in division three where this success has just been booming now for the past three years yeah let's talk about outdoor track i know that's kind of a hard transition but you mentioned you know d3 runners you finished fourth in that 10k 29 12 it was blazing fast from the gun you know take us through kind of I think Ethan mentioned on the preview podcast, like it's going to be fast. And I think everyone realized what that was going to be like, but from knowing what it was going to be like to actually going through with it, you know, what was that like just kind of riding that train for as long as you could? Well, it was a little scary there because my, uh, my engine, or I guess my compartment on the train was not really attached there for a little bit. So the goal was just to try and like you said, ride the train uh, but early on it felt so fast. And I just remember like, I can't keep this up. I, I know my body. I know how I run. If, if I try to go to the back of the all American pack, I feel like I'm probably going to break down. Um, so really I just try to be smart and do what I did. Um, just kind of reel everybody in. And I think it wasn't until two and a half, maybe even three miles until we finally attached that initial group of 10 and just, you know, run with the people in front of you. I I feel like mentally to me, the 10 K is just trying to stay attached as long as you can. Um, and it worked out pretty well that day. So outside of the actual running over these next few weeks, what are some of the, your key, your personal keys to success to make sure you show up at nationals as your best self? I think right now I'm trying to actually relax more, uh, believe it or not. Um, I just, I'm always working or running and and going to school. So yesterday was kind of nice. I forced myself to take a nap after the long run. I don't get to do that a lot. So I feel like relaxation and just keeping your mental state in it is just as important as being in it physically. You know, I have to be able to take care of my body and do all the right things whether it's going to the trainers or rolling out and and whatnot, but I also have to just make sure I just give myself a break. So senior year, at least on TFERS eligibility, what's happening there? I uh, grad school in it. Do you have another year, you know, take us through that. Yeah. So I think I was listening on Ethan's podcast and we're about the same because he's a, so I'm a fifth year senior, Okay. but um, I'm not, in a grad program right now. So I actually took time off during COVID when it initially hit in the fall of 2020. So I'm a semester behind, but I made sure to slow everything down a little bit. So I'm on the the 12 credit hour train have been for the past couple of years. Uh, So I'll graduate this spring, but after that I'll graduate with an additional outdoor year. 
and I'm not sure kind of, I'm still trying to figure everything out. Uh, there could be a situation where I come back, uh, kind of like the idea of running some half and fulls uh, in the near future, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Straight to the roads. Yes and no. I So what's really cool, no matter what, I think my plan is come the end of track season, I'll take my time off and then just build for the Columbus half marathon in the fall of 2024. Because um, whether I come back to school or not, I Wilmington College will host um, OACs in spring of 25. So part of me wants to come back. Uh, to be able to have OECs on the home track. And then also, you know, our track team, we were ninth overall as a team, which was our highest team finish in, in school history. And we brought four guys to the national meet. Three of those guys are sophomores. Uh, so to be able to to be there for their, you know, final ride as seniors and hopefully get some more national qualifiers, that seems pretty appealing as well. So we'll see what happens. That's a lot of numbers to crunch there and in years to figure out, but whatever you do, I'm sure you'll bring success with it. Simon, thanks for hopping on here and chatting with us again after a big pre-national meet. Excited to see what you can do here the next uh, few weeks. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me again. It's been, been a pleasure. All right, that does it for another episode of D3 Glory Days. Thank you all for your continued support. And thank you to L, Nat, and Simon for their time. It was great to learn more about them and excited to see what they'll do the rest of the way. As a reminder, we'll be back next week with another episode of National Runners of the Week. The season is heating up, so make sure you are staying tuned to all things D3 running. Until next time. Here's the glory days.